0: All right, this is the Q-Man. We got Andy Sheckman here to break down all of the bricks chaos with us today. First and foremost, let me shout out the people that support the podcast. Hey, it has been an uncertain year. The markets are out of control, volatile, uh, and who knows what's going to be coming around the corner with rates at 5%. Uh, Goldman Sachs, BlackRock say the days of there is no alternative, T-I-N-A. You may have seen that acronym, are over. Uh, RIA reports 88% of surveyed, surveyed advisors intend to increase allocations to alternatives over the next two years, with over half raising allocations all the way to 15%, and institutions already maxed out at 30 to 50% in alternative investments what are they looking into goldman specifically names fine art among the ways to help protect your purchasing power in 2022 the big three auction houses posted record high revenues of 17.7 billion the best auctioneer ever the global art market is still exceeding its pre-pandemic level according to the 2023 ubs art market report and as my listeners already know How can you take advantage of that? Tens of thousands of everyday investors already use today's sponsor, Masterworks, who I love, by the way, where you can invest without needing millions or an art degree. Uh, Every painting, I have made investments with Masterworks before myself. Uh, It's the only way that somebody like me could gain access to priceless works of art. Uh, or at least uh, works of art that I would not otherwise be able to afford for certain. <laughs> Every painting Masterworks has sold to date has delivered a positive return to their investors. Every one, including net annualized return of 10, 17, and even 35% all this year. I get the emails on those. I see them. <clears throat> Naturally, past performance is not a guarantee of future returns. As I always say on this show, any investing involves risk, including loss of principle. However, Masterworks... 15th uh, exit was just a couple days ago for an annualized net return of 77.3%. You can now get priority access to Masterworks by using my code QTR at masterworks.com. Masterworks.com promo code QTR. Uh, Make sure you see important regulation A disclosures at masterworks.com slash CD. Again, masterworks.com promo code QTR. This podcast also, and please check out the uh, disclosures in my Podcast description also for Masterworks. I just, I love those guys. I think it's a creative idea. They were the first to do, before everybody was crowdsourcing everything, they were the first to uh, do it with art. And I've used their platform and I love it. And so I'm happy to support them. This podcast also brought to you by my dear friends over at JM Bullion. JM Bullion is the only gold and silver bullion provider that I use. They ship discreetly. They turn around my orders quickly. They always have a lot of inventory in stock. Their premiums are reasonable. I love JM Bullion. They've been in business For 10 years now, they've done over $7 billion in sales, and QTR podcast listeners have their own rep at JM Bullion. You can email for personalized service, Laura, L-A-U-R-A at jmbullion.com. If you are interested in purchasing gold and silver bullion, uh, which the reasons for doing so we'll get into on this podcast, I'm certain of it. But really, I've had a wonderful experience. I've bought from other gold providers. I'm so happy that JM Bullion continues to support the show. I'm happy to support them. And if you enjoy the show, would be happy if you would support them as well. Honest and great people to do business with. My kind friends over at JM Bullion, Laura, L-A-U-R-A at jmbullion.com or jmbullion.com. Link is in the podcast description. This podcast also brought to you by my friend George Gammon over at Rebel Capitalist Pro. Was just watching one of George's live streams. The other night, George has teamed up with Lynn Alden, who, by the way, has just released a new book that I just ordered. Uh, Brent Johnson, Chris McIntosh, they help you preserve your wealth in a world of -of out-of-control central banks, specifically what we'll be talking about today on this podcast, what the hell is going on on the global stage, what is changing, uh, what it means for the dollar, and what you can do to protect yourself. George Gammon. Wonderful guy to do business with, one of my absolute favorites on the web, and if you look at finance through an Austrian lens or you're skeptical of central banking model uh, being put forth globally, George is the guy to go to for answers. He does incredible live streams and question and answer sessions. Rebel Capitalist Pro comes with a great forum subscription, tons of mock portfolios, no shortage of ideas. If you're looking for investing ideas, George is a wellspring of those. Uh, So check out my friends over at Rebel Capitalist Pro. And finally, last but not least, if you are an active trader, an options trader, if you watch the market every day, why are you not using The Steam Room by Sang Lucci and Wall Street Jesus, one of the best online active day trading communities? Nobody reads market tape like these guys. Nobody tracks unusual activity in the options market quite like Sang Lucci and Wall Street Jesus. They were the OGs of doing so. They were doing it 10 years ago when I dropped onto the scene before all services everywhere. Were, well, now we track unusual options activity. It's a thing on CNBC. Lucci was doing it first. Wall Street Jesus was doing it first. And they continue to blaze the trail forward in tracking market flow and market psychology via the options market. The Steam Room, hey, It's the best piece of software and the best community you could possibly associate yourself with if you are an active day trader. I'm not just saying that. I've known Sang Lucci for 10 years. I have partied with him in Las Vegas. I know everything. I know more about the man than I wish I knew. Trust me. He's an honest person to do business with. Anybody, any of these people, J.M. Bullion, Sang Lucci, Rebel Capitalist Pro, Masterworks, reach out to them, tell them QTR sent you and make sure that if you want a free trial, if you want more information, that they get it to you, and if uh, if they don't, make sure you come back to me and I'll go ring some necks, all right? How does that sound? <laughs> I have my dear friend and one of my absolute favorites, Andy Sheckman, the president and CEO of Miles Franklin Precious Metals on the line with me, and really one of the foremost experts, and at step one of 1,000 of getting everything right uh that everybody has ignored over the last i don't know however many years he's been saying it but i do notice first off hello and i do notice that your videos on Kitko, who seem to be having you on more uh more and more here as the days progress and your prognostications start to are uh, be borne out uh that your videos are getting a lot of fucking views man like Fifty thousand, a hundred thousand views on your interviews on KitKo. So, how you doing? And do you feel like, uh, man, we got a lot to talk about. We'll just say that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Chris. First of all, you're one of my favorite man, and I've, I, from the moment I read you the very first time, um, you, you resonated with me uh, the way that you are. are Blatantly honest, and I think that's lacking in today's world, and that's something that drove me to you. And you know, partially because of of you reposting that first interview I did with Michelle at Kitco. Actually, it's the the most viewed video they've ever put up. If you go to YouTube and uh, type in Kitco and search by view count it's got about a 1.5 million views and uh, that's
0: incredible i
1: am going to be on with michelle again on on monday to discuss i'm sure what we're going to talk about here today but i thank you for for reposting that video that we did i think it added a lot of uh a lot of attention and uh it's been a good run man no question about it it's it's weird because i've i've talked about things my whole career a lot of them have come true because they're rooted in mathematics and economics, mm-hmm. a little bit of old school logic sprinkled on top of it. But nothing I've ever done has even come within a grenade shot in terms of timing. Usually we're way off on the timing and uh, not this time. So it's it's been an interesting, almost frightening uh, revelation on, on how it's all playing out. So uh, I'm certainly psyched to be here, buddy. And it's good to hear your voice again. So thanks for inviting me
0: definitely frightening and i'd love to sit here and have a giant circle jerk for an hour and talk about how awesome we both are (laughs) but the thing that drew us together and the thing that we still remain committed to is trying to arrive at a clear picture of what's going on here on the global stage and you know when we first started talking some years back we both had kind of honed in on the fact, I mean, I know when Russia went into Ukraine, that was the first time I said, okay, I think Russia and China are gonna come together and create a gold-backed currency. And I caught a lot of sh- a lot of shit for that. Everybody told me I was an idiot. Everybody ridiculed that article when I wrote it. You were one of the only people that said, hey, like you and Larry Lapard were the two people that reached out to me unprovoked and said, you know, I think you're onto something here. Well, here we are two years later, right? And Saudi Arabia and the UAE and all these oil-producing nations have just joined BRICS, and there is open discussion about creating a gold-backed global reserve currency amongst the group, trading outside of the dollar, while at the same time the U.S. has just been downgraded by Fitch. Now, are we imagining things, or are things starting to vest exactly as we once unfortunately predicted
1: no we're not imagining things whatsoever um, and you're right the um, the this this coalition of countries that is uh, forming against the Western hegemony is is real I mean you have two of the three largest nuclear arsenals on the planet um, backing them you have a, a combined GDP that even by the um, you know, the G7's own admission will surpass the G7 this year in terms of contribution to world GDP. And when you throw into the mix Saudi Arabia, which undoubtedly is the linchpin to the dollar hegemony, when you sign an executive order telling the world and in particular the Saudis that we are going green and that Uh, By 2030, we'll be 50% green. By 2050, uh, hopefully 80% green is what the executive order basically says. Um, When you weaponize the dollar, you are doing all that you can to accelerate, ultimately, the demise of the dollar as the sole settlement currency for oil. And And I use my words carefully there, Chris. I use the word settlement, and there's a big you know a big difference between a settlement currency and a reserve currency and and we can certainly get into that but i will tell you that ultimately i think this goes in stages i think the erosion of settlement for oil uh, and saudi arabia ultimately moving away from the dollar as its sole settlement currency will have dramatic impacts on the reserve status of the u.s dollar and so what starts out as settlement rapidly will turn into erosion of reserve and but no you're not you're not making this up or or, um, uh, uh, Imagining anything whatsoever. I think this is the beginning of the end of the dollar as the sole Settlement currency for oil and that will have rippling effects the faster this transition accelerates
0: Yeah, so just to zoom out for people that have never listened to you before And aren't aware with what's going on. You've explained before in depth that, you know, the U.S. protection of the Saudi kingdom that was guaranteed, you know, back in the 70s or whenever it was uh, after we came off the gold standard was kind of what gave the dollar its frontrunner status as the global reserve currency. Because Saudi Arabia then turned around and said, "Okay, in turn, we will only settle in dollars, effectively backing the dollar globally by oil after we had kind of taken it off the gold standard. Um, and so we, we lost the gold standard. And now that Saudi Arabia is turning around and is not only settling in other currencies, but joining this active consortium of countries that has openly committed to challenging the U.S. dollar and openly committed to uh, to working outside the confines of the dollar. And these aren't you know piss ass little nations i mean we're talking about china and russia and india and saudi arabia and uae i mean these are these are major um forces on the global stage that you know this isn't a couple of countries in south america getting together um and so we've seen the dollar lose obviously backing by gold and now we're seeing it lose what little backing it had left on the global stage as far as oil and At the same time, fiscally, the United States is in this precarious position that it's never been in before, where, you know, debt to GDP is through the roof. And, you know, Fitch, which is one of the big three rating agencies, just came out and downgraded long term uh, U.S. debt. And so it really does feel like we are. I mean, look, we've said this. How many times have we said it, man? And we're going to keep saying it. It feels like we're on unprecedented, uncharted territory, but. Like, it really feels like the ground is starting to shake underneath us in some way.
1: Couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, there's a fine— What I've One of the things I've learned in the 33 years I've done this, Chris, is that there is a very fine line between conspiracy and reality. I would be up on stage a decade ago showing charts about how metals were being traded, um, counterintuitively to how markets do trade— Um, I was showing how the uh, commercial banks were behind this, in particular, J.P. Morgan. I gave a speech at at a conference, and Doug Casey got up on the stage and said, well, after me, he said, well, you know, I don't think what he said is true. The traders at J.P. Morgan couldn't keep their mouth shut long enough to ever manipulate the market. And lo and behold, a few days ago, the head trader and the gentleman who ran the whole gold division at JP Morgan just were sentenced each to two years in prison for doing I saw just that. that. You know, there is a fine line between it, between conspiracy and and reality. And I think when we when we talk about this whole topic, I just want to mention one thing that a lot of people don't talk about. I've kind of honed in on. And you know, the, the this administration has two key advisors. Um, the number one and two advisor to the president in terms of economic advisory uh, they lead all of the economic advisory committees. One is Jared Bernstein, who um, in uh, 2014 started writing reports that have been picked up by the New York Times and the Washington Post, in which he, he openly and adamantly lobbies for the United States removing its world reserve currency status to lose it. He's the number one chief economic advisor of the U.S., and his whole thought process is that the exorbitant privilege of of, re, of owning the world reserve status is something we can no longer afford. Right. Uh, certainly, if you look at it just from that perspective, the first two things that you would want to do if you wanted to blow up the reserve status would be to weaponize the dollar the way that we did, to confiscate forex reserves uh, indiscriminately. Uh, and in a very hypocritical way, mind you, this is the same administration, at least the United States, I mean, that that walked into Iraq under the guise of weapons of mass destruction, found none and said, oh, sorry. Uh, and yet, you know, Putin is doing what he's doing. I'm not making any uh, any commentary on my thoughts on the war or who's right or who's wrong. I'm just simply saying Putin's doing what he's doing, and we then find it appropriate to weaponize the dollar. It is wrong to do that as the reserve test. That's step number one, make everyone think, well, shit, if we don't end up on the right side of the U.S., they're going to do a, that to us, too, if you're China, if you're Saudi Arabia, if you're United Arab Emirates, if you're Turkey, if you're Egypt, all of these countries that are have and are expressing interest in joining the BRICS. And right. so then, you you know, you, the, 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 the second thing that you would do would be to tell Saudi Arabia, the, the linchpin of the dollar hegemony, that hey, thanks for the memories, guys. But we're gonna go green, and so we've pushed them away, and we've antagonized the world enough through sanctions and weaponization of the dollar, and pushed away what makes the dollar the sole settlement currency uh, to a point where you wonder: is this following the script of what Jared Bernstein wants? And you know, the second economic advisor is Lale Bernstein of uh, Brainerd, and she's a modern monetary theorist who wants to blow up the banks and go to a digital currency. I mean, you couldn't really look at a script playing out better to the way that these things are playing out. So, no, there is a fine line between conspiracy and reality, and and I think this is just the very, very, very beginning. Look what Saudi Arabia has done since you and I started talking, when we had this hypothesis that this was going to happen. Not only did they join BRICS, which, you know, is, is a massive growing force, But every one of the OPEC countries, including obviously Saudi Arabia, every one of them are on the Belt Road Initiative, which has grown to north of 150 countries representing 75 percent of human population and 50 percent of global GDP in and of itself. They've also joined the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, which is the largest regional, military and financial organization on the planet. And they told the folks at Davos shortly after joining the New Development Bank that they are open to taking other currencies for oil. If you don't see that they have chosen sides and are breaking away from the West, then you're not paying close enough attention. And that is where it all becomes very, very concerning because you look at the significance right. of what oil really represents in the world and... You know, you can call the dollar the world reserve currency, and it, I guess it truly, truly is. But when you talk about what oil is, it, it is the you know the biggest market on the planet. And if we start losing the ability, you know, we're talking about the, the, the world is consuming a hundred million barrels of oil every single day and with more than 6,000 products that impact every part of our lives that are derived from oil. And if all of a sudden settlement in all of these oil producing countries like all of the OPEC countries, like the United Arab Emirates, if these things happen and you see massive loss in settlement to the dollar, at what point does it dramatically begin to erode the reserve status of the dollar? So, yeah, this is... This is real, and this is really accelerating, Chris.
0: And we're doing the complete wrong things. Again, I hate to zoom out again, but I have a very small brain, and I need to keep things simple. And for my listeners who are, you know, smashing uh, Miller-like cans on their forehead as well, (laughs) let's just break it down real quick. I mean, we've done the worst possible things you could possibly do to protect the dollar, right? Starting with we took it off the gold standard, right? So there's number one. Then we introduced, you know, over the course of 50 years, this insane monetary policy, which basically relies on abusing the dollar as global reserve currency. We kept global reserve currency, you know, out of a friendship with the Saudis. But like you said, now we've committed to going to green energy. So we're pretty much thumbing our nose at the oil industry on a global stage. So how are they going to, you know, how are they going to receive that? And then we go and try to weaponize the dollar against Russia, you know, ab- making the decision that hey, they weren't justified to go into Ukraine and nobody ever wants war, you know, everybody should be anti-war, any kind of war for any reason, but we are judge and jury there and decide we're going to weaponize the dollar as a result. And now all of a sudden, what have we done? I mean, we've we've pushed half of the world away from us and you know, maybe if we had just irked Russia, or maybe if we had just irked Saudi Arabia, that would be one thing. But the fact that they are now they comprise a consortium of countries that are actively trying to make sure that they have redundancy in the financial system outside of the West, uh, we've done. You know, and then Biden flies over there to to meet with MBS. You know, and, and goes to, you know, fist bump him and thinks, all right, this guy's my friend. Like, yeah, I got him right where I want him. Like, what the hell do we have that the Saudis need from us? I mean, maybe other than, other than you know, not wiping them off the face of the map every day, other than brute military force, what, what do we have that they need from us?
1: Well, now that they've partnered with, with in essence, with Russia and China, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization and the BRICS, I think they're certainly being protected on both fronts, but it's 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 even you know I think it's it's even uh, deeper than that. And if it were just the mismanagement of the world reserve currency, if it was just the foolish decisions of a rogue administration, you could talk that away. Right. You could say that the U.S. Uh, was. Um, you know, we were crazy, we're sorry, we'll make it right. We are, to your point, we are not clinging to the world reserve status and it's something we should we should be clinging and holding on to as best we can. But it, to me, it's even bigger than that. I mean, look at it this way, Chris, you know, when I ask people what makes the dollar the world reserve currency, uh, a lot of people will say, well, the military and this and that, really, there are a few things that make it. Number one, um, the petro status that we've talked about that the backing right. of the saudi kingdom the protection of the saudi kingdom that gives us the the petrodollar but it's also the full faith and credit of this country right. and when you talk about when you talk about um, credit the 2022 balance sheet just came out for the US government and this goes to my feeling as to you know could this have been planned i don't know uh, you tell me when you think about who's advising the president who's advising the administration and what their wishes are. But when you look at the 2022 balance sheet, Google this, it'll pop right up. The government admits to $155 trillion in debt. Um, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and government military pensions are about 125 trillion on top of the 32 trillion. And the largest, or or our entire asset base, according to the US government, is five trillion bucks, just over. That's how much we have in the way of assets, of which 40% is student debt, right? Um, the largest asset of the U.S. government. So we are, in essence, a banana republic when you talk about the uh, 125, 130% debt-to-GDP ratio. At least we don't jail our political rivalries, <laughs> or maybe we do. And when you talk about, to me, the faith of this country, it's something that I think is not being lost on our adversaries, a country where people would walk from Central America through the, you know, 100 degree heat to find a better life or tie a bunch of inner tubes together with string and float across the ocean for liberty, to get away from a totalitarian regime, to find justice, to find law equally administered amongst everybody. You know, Lady Liberty holding the, the scale of justice. And to me, the the obsession with cancel culture and transgenderism and uh, uh, censoring and all of these things. Like I grew up the product of a family where my parents were hippies and I grew up being tolerant and respecting all different kinds of people, whether you, whatever what, you want to do drugs, you want to be gay, whatever it is that you want to do. I respect it. I'm cool with it. But now we're forced to celebrate everything and, and the breakdown of the society uh, is something that is to me more disturbing than anything at all. And I think it goes part and parcel has to be said, when you have such divisiveness, we are not a United right. country anymore. Red, blue, black, white, vax, no vax, rich, poor. I mean, it's it's no one trusts everyone anyone anymore and everyone's at each other's throats. And I think the erosion of liberty and justice, the weaponization of the justice department the weaponization of the, the the FBI, these things that no matter how you feel, this is not a political statement at all, this is a patriotic statement, no matter how you feel about the current administration or the previous, if you're honest with yourself, I think you would say that law is not being administered equally. Right. And that is something that to me will greatly accelerate the demise of the dollar because the bond market, the liquidity and well, the depth of our bond market is one that is of
0: trust. And, and that's, what losing Fitch, that trust. that's what Fitch alluded to in their downgrade too. They didn't just governance, right? Yeah. They said governance. And look, you have to be, I, you know, I really, I did this exercise last night because everybody posted the Trump mugshot and I know it was a big talking point and look like Trump or hate him. I just don't understand how anybody can go back and watch the things that were said about 2016 after he won that election, okay, the comments that were made by Hillary Clinton, by Stacey Abrams on MSNBC, he's an illegitimate president, he didn't win, he stole the election, all those comments that were just being thrown out there, and then all of a sudden, what, He's getting indicted for election interference, for questioning the results of an election where he fucking lost. He didn't even. They're not not indicting him. They're not indicting him for fucking an election that he won on on false. So he lost the fucking 2020 election. All right. So how do you listen to those statements and say, okay, there's nothing there. But then all of a sudden this guy now and his entire team winds up indicted in Georgia. Okay. That's number one, right? Number two, Is how do you look at this fucking thing with Hunter Biden and it doesn't even get a look? It doesn't get a mention. Andy, it doesn't get a mention in the mainstream media, right? Biden gets up on the debate stages and lies and says, you know, I'm not in business with my son. I know nothing about it. When Trump says you got $3 million from the mayor of Moscow, the fucking debate moderator, Chris Wallace, steps in and and interrupts him in the middle of his line of thinking in the middle of what he's saying to instead of letting the two candidates debate chris wallace steps in and runs interference for joe biden meanwhile for 5 years all we heard was trump and look You don't have to be the biggest fan of Trump to just come to terms with reality, okay? For five years, all we heard was Trump was colluding with Russia. That's all we heard nonstop. I was listening to something this morning where somebody was saying, you know, it's something like 50% of Americans still think he colluded with Russia, even though uh, Mueller came out and now you had this other, uh, the uh, Durham report come out just showing, look, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything. He certainly, I don't think, in the scope of what presidents have done in the past, ex Richard Nixon, I don't think he has done uh anywhere near, I think, historically, what other presidents have done as far as pushing the line. He's he's dealing with his fourth arrest and, you know, a hundred different counts of whatever. And uh and Hillary Rodham Clinton, who received a subpoena, then deleted Thirty-three thousand emails, just walking around, waltzing around, hamming it up. So you can't say, you cannot say there's not a two-tiered system of justice in this country. I'm sorry, I, you, you just no matter. Don't be wh-
1: sorry, brother. No, no matter, matter what, that is
0: the point. Go ahead. That that's the point, man. That is
1: the whole point, Chris. And you know, I, I have a hard time only focusing like I have been for so long. on on, you know the erosion of the world reserve currency on the stupid financial decisions we're making on the brain dead monetary policy that we've done where you know we've printed more money in in four years than in the history of the country preceding it while simultaneously stepping on interest rates creating massive distortions in asset prices and misallocations of capital and resources the crack up boom as Austrian economics would call it if it were just that, I would have more confidence in our future, yet it is the erosion of everything that made this country what it was, what has made it great. Look, I, I come from, my family comes from nothing, zero. We just did nine, bil- across nine billion in sales. I am the embodiment of the American dream. My dad, his middle name is Miles, his best friend who lent us 60 grand to start this business in a one room office, the size of a closet. In 1989, his middle name was Franklin. I am the American dream. I love this country. Everything that it stood for. What frightens me and concerns me more than anything is the erosion of all of these things, the ripping apart of the fabric, the fact that we are not unified anymore. Now, you put that together with how we are abusing the world reserve currency and not clinging to the status of being the world reserve, it— makes me believe deep down, or makes me think, was this intended? Could it be that we're that naive to not think that weaponizing the dollar would have ramifications? Did we really believe that by telling Saudi Arabia we are going green, there would not be consequences? Do we really believe that printing trillions and trillions of dollars while suppressing interest rates and then letting them jack up, would not have consequences on the 4,500 regional banks. Well, but wait, Lale Brainerd wants to get rid of the the banks. Wants to go modern monetary theory. It wants to have a central bank digital currency. But remember, the Bank of International Settlement said we have to have one by 2025. This all comes back to one topic, and that is, you know, what Klaus Schwab said, the Great right. Reset. But 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 look at it even. Differently for just one moment. To try and put all of this together. You know, 300 years ago, Thomas Jefferson said something very, very interesting, and and I think it's it's interesting because it, it's very reminiscent of what Klaus Schwab says. It's also very reminiscent of where we are here in this country right now. He said. If we allow the central bank in the USA to control the money supply, we would wind up renting back the land that our forefathers conquered. They will do it first with inflation and then with deflation. Now you could argue that the inflation part has been accomplished. We Cranked up the money supply for four years. We stepped on interest rates. We created all of these distortions. Many people overpaid for their homes, their cars, their their real estate, commercial real estate, their stocks, their bonds, anything else, at these low rates which allowed and incentivize people to to lever up and take risk and drive up prices far beyond any reasonable value and you know a lot of people have used debt to to load up on this on, on all these assets and then the deflation part comes in and where he talks about renting everything back well when you jack up rates the way that you are you're creating a massive problem right. for the banks for the businesses and it's we look at the inverted yield curve we are heading into a big recession maybe a depression deflation is coming the money supply is 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 literally falling off a cliff so what happens well people lose their jobs they can't pay for their houses they everything goes bust the commercial real estate goes upside down we are entering a period of time where what thomas thomas jefferson said is even prophetic there's are so many areas right now where things could change so dramatically. And as we've talked about before, Chris, what happens when Saudi Arabia stands on a stage with the rest of its OPEC countries all on the Belt Road? Remember, the Belt Road in and of itself is 75 percent of human population. And they stand there with all the countries that are in bricks. And they say, thanks, guys, but we're now going to take a new settlement currency for oil. Right. Bang! just like that shit gets very 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 real in this country as all of those dollars get dumped and it may not happen as a tsunami of inflation but it will happen in a way that will dramatically affect the value of the dollar and the byproduct of that is spiking interest rates and that's when you see a major problem when everything in this country that is considered wealth is inversely correlated to a massive spike in rates right whether it be the banks whether the bank's balance sheets, stocks, bonds, real estate. And the reason I say all of this, Chris, is there's one or two reasons. The biggest reason is when Biden said this is Putin's inflation, it dawned on me, at least in my mind, immediately, like a light bulb went off. Bang. They're looking for a villain. Because if you ever studied Austrian economics for more than one day, you would know that inflation every single time, 100% of the time is the monetary event, right? It is an increase in the money supply. When they said it was Putin's inflation. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're looking for a villain. So what better way to reset the system, a system by where you are 155 trillion in debt, subtract out student debt in terms of your assets. You have three and a half trillion in assets backing 155 trillion in debt most of it accomplished or accumulated the lowest interest rates in human history. So you weaponize the dollar, you tell Saudi Arabia we're going green, you destabilize the inside of the country, you blow up the banks by raising interest rates so fast. Everything is on the verge. And if Saudi Arabia does that, it was those sons of bitches who did it to us. It was Xi Jinping and Putin and Oprah. Right. How could they do this and right. destroy the American dream? Right, it wasn't and us, that right? is, that's the event that would make people accept the CBDC. And get this, this is the last piece, and I'll, I'll shut up. Here's the last piece. All of the debt, at, at the same time, China and Japan and Saudi Arabia, all these big countries are selling our treasuries. Who's buying them all right now? Us, the American public in search of yield, which is blowing up the banks, of course. And about that $125 trillion in debt, who's it owed to? Us. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, government military pensions. If you create an event, incentivize the destruction of the dollar. Jared Bernstein wants it. Lil Brainerd wants it. If you blow up the dollar and it wasn't our fault, how could they do it to us? And everyone is brought down to the same level. Everything collapses. Simultaneously, you will have a much greater probability of people who listen, even people who listen to this show, apt to accept the CBDC and be made whole. And if you're a modern monetary theorist, don't worry, sign on the dotted line, take the new central bank digital currency, which the BIS said everyone has to have operational by 2025 and we'll make you whole. And if you think about it, could it happen? Sure, will it happen? Don't know, but I guess, you know, you're so commonsensical, Chris, and when I look at all of the things that we are
0: doing, it's a dream come true for them, isn't it? You know, ju- just yes. to, to have a scapegoat and to be able to shoehorn in the big changes that they want. And that has just been the MO anytime that it comes time to take accountability for any of their fuck ups. They instead just change the game and that's it because yes. they write the rules.
1: Well, and, and I remember talking about when the vaccines first came out and I remember talking to you about it and, and the mass adoption even though they'd never been tested or anything the mass adoption was unbelievable and it was an event that made people do it that made people be locked in that made people wear masks there's no difference in blowing up the economic system and an event that wasn't our fault we didn't do it we're just reacting to it so here's the here the white knight coming in on the on the horse to save the day take the cbdc and all the money that you lost in social security and your pension and Your 401k, we're going to make you whole. Just take the CBDC.
0: How how do you know that they won't do to gold what they did to ivermectin, right? Ivermectin showed efficacy in COVID, but it fucking interfered with their plans because the vaccines needed the emergency use authorization to roll out, and ivermectin was an acceptable early treatment with proven efficacy. And so they had to shut it down they had to squash dissent in order to continue the vaccine rollout how do you know they won't do the same exact thing with gold when it comes time to roll out the cbdc because we'll be standing there we'll be standing there with our gold saying we've already got the answer we're fine you know we we've got the answer here we've had it forever but they're not going to like that i guess the
1: only answer i would give to that would be in 1933 when roosevelt his first act in office in april of 33 was to confiscate gold everybody owned it everybody did it was currency now one out of a hundred if that have ever held an, a gold coin let alone own any and I think the blowback globally would be severe enough I suppose at that point desperate governments would do desperate things but the amount of right. gold that the public holds holds is so insignificant to me a better route would be to to allow people to hold gold and silver showing that the U.S. still values the rule of law and and property rights, but in, instead, geez, it's it's kind of interesting that the, the company who, the bank whose head traders just uh, went to prison for manipulating the gold market is still allowed and paid a $920 million fine to the Justice Department, the largest ever at that point, are still allowed to be the administrator of the world's largest silver trust, that being SLV. You have BlackRock, and jp morgan behind slv you have hsbc bank behind gld slv if i'm not mistaken is the largest stockpile of silver in the world if it really is there and and uh, gld fourth or fifth largest stockpile of gold in the world both held by the criminal cartel banks that suppress the market so instead of going door to door to people's homes who have nra stickers on their front window right they could go right to these two funds and all of the other etfs that these banks run close them down take the metal, put the money in people's accounts so Monday morning they wake up, the gold is gone, the money's in their account, and they say you can still go buy physical gold, you know, here in the U.S. So, yeah, I think
0: – think- They would never do that because they're too close with the heads of the banks and because the government doesn't understand the system well enough to, to effectively uh, – curb what you're talking about you, you know like yeah the, I, mean,
1: I, I don't I don't know I mean look I, I'm, I'm not uh, married to my own rhetoric enough to not acknowledge that confiscation or a super high uh, excise or, or, or exit tax isn't beyond the the realm of possibility but I think in life if you're if you are completely and totally you know frozen with fear and what if you're dead. So you hope for the best. You prepare best you can for the worst, and that's pretty much all we can do at this point. And, and that's another reason to to look to silver as well, because you know gold was reclassified by the BIS as the world's only other tier one reserve asset. Now that that's what really got me going on all of this. And then when you look at the fact that the central banks have bought more than at any time ever over the last 18 months, it really starts to solidify. Not only buying it, repatriating it, and, ja- and draining all of the world's exchanges at the same time the london metals exchange uh, the shanghai gold exchange the shanghai futures exchange the comex market the etfs are all being drained by the biggest money in the world no coincidence silver on the other hand is not tier one is probably the most undervalued asset on the planet It's the metal of the people and you know who knows if they would confiscate that too i don't know but here again hope for the best and prepare best you can for the worst
0: did you watch the uh, GOP debate the other night? I have to ask you.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a shit show. To be honest with you, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm glad Trump didn't go and get dragged into it. I thought it was embarrassing.
0: I was going to ask you who you thought uh, who you thought came out looking the best and who you thought came out looking the worst.
1: I thought Pence came out looking the worst uh, by far. His interrupting was just obnoxious um I thought that um how do you pronounce his name the guy the Indian guy
0: Vivek uh, Ramaswamy yeah
1: I thought he came in my opinion I thought he was the most impressive I think the fact that they call him inexperienced and and a rookie and all of these things they're all afraid of of someone who's not part of the establishment. He was the one who immediately r- rose his hand, raised his hand, right. and said, I would pardon Trump. I mean, I thought he was the most genuine. Uh, I am a big fan of DeSantis down here in Florida. I think he's been a great governor. Um, I think he's logical. I don't think he showed as well as I would have liked. But, uh, yeah, and I think uh, Vivek did the best and Pence the worst, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I don't even know what Pence is doing in the race, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing in the race if you're Mike Pence? Not for nothing, but, you know, you just, you have no chance. So what are you, what are you vying for, you know? What do you, what is he, I, I agree what's he trying to do? Is he trying to just make a name for himself or what?
1: Well, the same thing with Christie. I mean, it's like what, and they're just there to, almost like they're there just to, to remind everyone, you know, <laughs> how much they don't like Trump.
0: Right. Yeah, I guess that's what the uh, that's what the case is. So where do you see things heading politically over the next, I don't know, let's say year? You know, you, you we're going to be coming up on an election in a little over a year. All of the primary stuff is going to get started very, very soon over the next probably six months. Um, you know, you got Trump dealing with four different indictments. Uh, if, I would just want to know what do you see the political landscape looking like? Does, does Biden make it? Does he run again? Who's the GOP candidate? Does Trump, you know, do they try to take him down with these indictments? Does he make his way to the general election eventually? And and what do you see happening?
1: I think there's no way. I mean, just watching Biden in Hawaii was an embarrassment. It was, I mean, I it's, it's, it, it makes me embarrassed to be an American when I watch that, the, the, the way that he acted, the, the, how insensitive he was, how, how, um, you couldn't even understand him, how embarrassing he was and feeble. He was falling asleep at a meeting. I mean, the whole thing was just, <laughs> uh, a, 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 a parade of errors and it was a shit show. It was embarrassing, but
0: was I don't think he'll run. I'm sure
1: it'll be Gavin Newsom probably or, yeah, you know, look, I want to mention one other thing and, and, and I want you to take the source, you know, the source from what it is. And I don't know if you saw this, but the other day, um, what the heck is his name from InfoWars? Uh, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. He came out with something that scared the shit out of me. And he basically said he was told by a with he said, now listen, this is not supposition. This is written in stone. It's happening. He said, this is not hyperbole. He says, I was told by a whistleblower from Homeland Security that this is done, this has been decided upon, and here's how it's going to go. That uh, by the beginning of October, there will be mask mandates in all airports right. for pe- the employees and for traveling, and that by December, they're going to full lockdown protocol again. That there's a new strain coming out of, a new strain of COVID coming out of Canada. And it makes you think just right in your face I saw that, that this is exactly what they're doing for mail-in ballots. I mean, you know, there's a new strain of deadly flu coming around like, you know, the bird flu and they don't lock us down and and create mask mandates. It's so in your face what they're doing. God help us if this is really what it's all about. Um, I think that if, if if the election is once again, suspected to be less than completely forthright and fair, I mean, you could see a civil war in this country. I, I really think there's such divisiveness right, right now that that if this is perceived to be anything other than straight up, as hard as that sounds right now, to believe when they're going after Trump in in, in such ways that are just so anti-American, anything that we stood for, if that happens, God help us. I, I don't know, Chris. I wish I had more faith in a in a fair electoral system uh, because anyone that would would vote back in the democratic regime has no idea what they're just not paying attention to what's going on in this country.
0: I just don't know how during that last election, I just, you know, I know that we've been handed a rational explanation for it, but to watch all those swing states dump all those votes all at the same time, you know, in, in, the, in, the morning, in the middle of the night, you know, you just, ah, uh, it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel like it just, it, it just doesn't pass the smell test. Know you know what I, I mean? And, not, then, and then, look, and on top of that, on top of that, you have the October surprise that would have ended the election. They would if the American people understood the truth that Hunter Biden's laptop was legitimate and that his father was doing business in China when China with China when China was one of the key issues of the election if the american public knew that there's just no way that he comes anywhere close to beating trump but you have that you have the cover up of the october surprise you have what to me looked like irregularities on election night but let's just put that aside but then you have this thing Where you spray the country with mail-in ballots, not absentee ballots, not ballots where people are required to, you know, come in somewhere and show their ID. You just spray the country with ballots because of COVID. And it's funny that you bring that up now because I saw Alex Jones's comments. I, you know, I immediately thought, okay, maybe they're preparing for another authoritarian uh, power grab is the fucking words I'm trying to say uh i know man it's like i got fucking marbles in my mouth all the time dude um maybe they're preparing for that but it never even occurred to me that yeah maybe they're setting up you know for the for the deadly strain in 2024 that's gonna keep everybody you know hey maybe we can all vote digitally from home without ids and and i think you're right and i don't want it i don't look i don't want anything but peace and civility and like you know I, I never talk about, you know, people bring up all the time, like it could be Civil War. I never talk about that. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to give that oxygen at all. But what I will say is that I don't think there will ever be a point in history where fairness in the election process is going to be as scrutinized and as important as this year or this next election. Right. And so if there's any appearance of irregularity and I do not condone violence and I do not condone civil war and I do not condone anything but peace. But what I will say is if you're looking to fucking throw a match onto this group of people that's already pissed off, they were pissed off enough on January 6th to fucking walk into the Capitol building if you want to throw a match on that fucking group of people, the way to do it is by not being transparent and forthcoming about the election results. And you know, I just it's gonna be something else, man. That that's all. Well I can that's say. my
1: point in all of this, Chris. I mean, you could you see what I'm getting at? It's not just the mismanagement of the dollar. It's not just the weaponization, it's not just going green. That that certainly gets the ball rolling, but it is the the fact that we are not a United country any longer. And, and what is the communist manifesto divide and conquer? I mean, is that really where we're going? And I want people to understand some, that's why I said I'm a byproduct. Parents that were hippies. I mean, I grew up in, in the 70s, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll was the button I had on the flag hanging on my ceiling in my bedroom. It's like, that's just who I am. But yet, (laughs) I've worked for 33 years, tirelessly, without ever having a customer complaint. Um, my rear end off to get to where I am. I am a byproduct of the American dream, but I am tolerant. I am socially liberal. I am fiscally conservative. I am a libertarian. This is not a statement about Biden or the Democrat yep. Party as much as it is a breakdown in what makes me proud to be an American. Right. That's what this is all about. And I think that is not lost on our friends, and our adversaries. And I think we have projected weakness, divisiveness, uh, definitely. Uh, and and that is making it much easier for all of these things to to happen. Look, one other thing about the BRICS, this isn't something that just happened, you know, over the last few years, let's get together and go against the West. It's been going on for 17 years. Right. And, you know, it is the weaponization of the dollar, I believe, that accelerated all of these things but i really do believe that we have not seen anything yet in terms of the real effects of what is yet to come out of this growing union and the ultimate de-dollarization that uh, that will result so it's going to be a interesting next i don't know 15 14 months leading up i know i'd love to come back on and talk with you a couple times about it because I think this is like the top of the first inning in terms of what's going to happen. Unfortunately, I think it's probably the top of the ninth inning no. for the dollar as the sole settlement currency for oil which will eventually at some point completely erode and mis and, and and unseat the dollar as world reserve. One last piece on that, you know, The difference between a settlement and a reserve currency is a bond market. The deal that we struck with the Saudis wasn't just that they would pay, sell oil for dollars, but that they would recycle those dollars into our treasuries. That would give them a return. It would build up our ability to do what we need to do here. And everyone wins, right? And supports the bond market, supports the dollar, the whole nine yards. Well, it's the deep, liquid, and trusted Bond markets that make the dollar a reserve currency. Well, the bond market was formulated primarily during World War One, where I have a poster in my house growing up that my dad still has in his house that a little kid holding a baseball glove, his father's baseball glove, with a tear running down his eye, and the caption read, Buy buy world war buy war bonds, support the troops. Right. And you know, so it was built out of patriotism. Well, when you talk about this union of countries that is joining together, their own form of patriotism is breaking free from the century old Western dominance. And so yeah, I think that a bond market will spring out of the bricks at some point. The first step would be to have a commodity backed currency or a gold backed currency and ask yourself, why would the BIS call gold the only other tier one asset in the world? Why are all the banks buying it? Why are the, why is the majority of the gold going in that direction? And the only answer I can come up with is that eventually, the, the the countries, all the countries of the world, I believe, and just one other point that I want to mention, will use gold to back a new system. Probably start with the BRICS, but interestingly enough, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, which is a Western-friendly organization, in fact, it was founded at Bretton Woods, came out with a report about seven months ago titled Gold as an International Reserve Currency, a barbarous relic no more, question mark. And then Kristalina Georgieva, the head of the IMF, just a few weeks ago, came out and said, any central bank digital currency that is issued that is not pegged to something is fiat. Right. Do they acknowledge the fact that gold needs to be part of whatever system the West changes to? Right. Maybe. But I do think it's coming. And the ramifications on the dollar for the way that we know it, I think, are rapidly going to come to an end.
0: Well, I, I just. All right. So there's a couple things I want to unpack there. The first is what you're talking about uh, in terms of pro- how we project on a global stage. I mean, <clears throat> I'm just like you. I'm socially very liberal. OK, very liberal. I support whatever lifestyle people want to live. And I'm. fine with that As long as it does not infringe upon the rights Of Other people's lifestyles That is it If you have a private business You can do business for and whom Whoever the fuck you want Just like when you go home You can sleep with whoever the fuck you want You want to dress up in fucking dog costumes And whack each other in the ass with a (laughs) hockey stick I'm fucking there for it You know what I mean I'm down for it and I'm stoked for you And I will fucking wave that flag And I will support you I swear to god You know As for me and how I will lead my life, I will do things a little bit differently. But, you know, what I don't support is the indoctrination of other people and the government carrying water for one lifestyle or the other. Hey, it's the same reason that going into talking about this topic right now with you on this podcast, I'm not going to be able to put this shit on YouTube, which means if you're listening to this right now, it's on Apple or it's on Spotify or it's on Google or whatever. But I can't because YouTube has an algorithm. And once you say the fucking words trans or once you say fucking hockey stick smack in the ass or once you say waving the fucking pride flag or whatever the fuck keyword word of the day is they shut you down and it's over and it's like how sad you know first off how innocuous how innocuous are the comments i'm making right now right number one number two how sad in the in the country that was supposed to stand for freedom of speech that we can't have a a conversation just like two civil human beings about a topic that is brought up that's in the ethos it's in the zeitgeist every single fucking day non-stop right but no you can't even fucking talk about it. this was like the hunter biden thing if you had the unfortunate circumstance of getting it a hundred percent right andy and knowing that that laptop was real and that our fucking president elect was on the dole from china which is a huge deal if you had the unfortunate circumstance of being right about that, you had your social media site shut down. The New York Post was shut. The New York goddamn Post. They shut down. The New York Post has been around 100 and something years or whatever. Fucking Mark Zuckerberg, you know, was like a fucking like boner with acne and a wedgie like 15 years ago. And he's like, yeah, just shut down. Just shut down the New York Post. Just, uh, you know, hit the red button on them. So, <clears throat> you know, what do we project globally you know do we project liberty and freedom and all the things no. that we're me and you were talking about that we support you know we don't project economic conservatism and you know we project instead of projecting freedom to do what people want socially the gate has swung so far in the other direction it's like if we don't have a if we don't have a transsexual joint chiefs of staff. All of a sudden, we're doing something wrong. If every army helicopter doesn't run on a battery now, which, is, by the way, is charged using a coal power plant, but, like, forget it. Unless unless we're saying, hey, the army uses wind power now. All of a sudden, like, we're doing something where we have just turned into such pussies and I mean that in the nicest way possible because you know what there's nothing wrong with being a pussy I don't care I'm not Mr. fucking alpha male I go to the gym I get the shit kicked out of me by people that are much smaller than me by women I love it okay I don't need to be like you know waving my dick around saying oh look at look at how alpha male I am but what I will say is if you're the United States of America At some point, this was a country founded by rugged individuals, okay? By people that had nuts, by fucking alpha males, right? You can say what you want about them, but they they don't
1: care about them. They tore down their statues. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Because they weren't using pronouns in the year, you know, 1846 when nobody had ever heard of them. And so, like, sometimes when you are trying to, and this again, You know, there's a lot of things I don't like about Trump. But one thing I do like about him is this stupid thing he does when he when he goes up to somebody and he shakes their hand, he fucking jerks their arm in. He goes, you know, like it's it's like out of the Michael Scott book of business in terms of like alpha male moves you can do in the boardroom but at least he's consistent with it. You know what I mean? At least at least he's got an image and people know that he's not going to take shit lying down. Whether or not he's going to think it through or not, it's a different story, but they know they're not going to be able to steamroll him. And all I'm saying is that a little bit of that, a little bit of that fucking alpha image on the global stage, especially as it comes to our military, okay, is necessary. It's a hundred percent necessary. Instead, we got a guy with a mustache in a dress stealing luggage out of a fucking airport. Okay. Tell me what's going on. I don't know what's yeah, that, going on. That's,
1: that's my whole point with all of this, Chris, is that I think it's deeper than just economics. And it makes me feel that this is all part of the plan. You know, you go back to when I started this company in, in 1989, 1990, the people I were talking to were world war Two era veterans that you know it was a whole different culture but <clears throat> when at the end of the war at the end of of the the great depression you had people that were unified and patriotic and hard working right who 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 had, you know who embraced the nuclear family They 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 embraced God, they embraced all of the things that made this country so special are that's now right. being rejected. And that's the part that really bothers me. And, and I think that's the part where, you know, everyone says, well, it's the trust of the United States that that's why. Well, yeah, OK, fine. Maybe it is the cleanest shirt in the dirty laundry basket. But I think the things that are, are taken for granted, namely the trust of this country, is being eroded and rapidly and the question is you know are they doing this for a reason are they trying to reset the system for right. a reason and i don't know i hope i hope that's not it but uh, but like i said and like you're saying everything you say makes such great sense to me and that to me is part of the bigger picture so whether it be mismanagement of our affairs at home or or denigration of what it, it has always meant to be a proud American or the mismanagement of the currency, the the weaponization of it, the pushing away of Saudi Arabia, all of these things to me are part of a, a bigger picture. And, and a ultimately, ultimately would lead me to believe that if you are not a contrarian right now, you will end up being a victim. Right. And I, I don't look at gold and silver as being the, the, uh, the magic pill, if you will. But I will tell you, I look around and I don't see many places safe to keep your money anymore in a banking system that is hanging on by a thread where bail-ins are next. That's what's coming. They should have been bailed in. But even when you talk about this fine line between conspiracy and reality, you know, is this being intended? Look at Silicon Valley Bank for one second and talk about, the stupidity there, when they when they were being questioned right. by the Republican subcommittee, the guy says to the bank exec, he says, let me just get this straight. For the last three years, you've had in 10 accounts, checking accounts, $14 billion in, in 10 checking accounts for three years, where you would get zero in the way of interest, zero, And you have nothing greater than $250,000 insurance uh, per account. Where was the risk management for the companies that had Mm -hmm. on average $1.4 billion in an account for three years? Where was the FDIC? Where was the bank risk management? Where were these people? And then ask yourself, if Dodd-Frank was written and said no more bank bailouts, why were they bailed out? Why were they not bailed in? Was this meant... To get the ball going down the hill
0: well it could and have been that or it could have been it could have been gold. our elected officials don't want to do anything that can make them unelectable and it could have been that our elected officials had exposure to the bank
1: all of this again part of the same thing we are losing our trust and that's why i do believe also when you talk about a new system it must be pegged to something that has trust right so will it be gold I think it'll be personally a combination of gold and distributed ledger or blockchain technology, because I do not think that you can make it convertible. Charles de Gaulle proved that convertible currencies convert. He's the one who is the reason why Nixon closed the gold window in 1971. He realized we were lying and that we were printing more dollars and treasuries to finance the war than we had gold behind it. So he called our bluff and started sending warships over to New York Harbor filled with dollars and said, give us our money, now give us our gold. And we did. So again, it has to be a marriage, if you will, of blockchain technology, the gold peg to the system. And then the immutability is not guaranteed unless it is audited and verified independently. Right. You could do it without making it convertible, without making it redeemable. And, and you look at the acquisition by the central banks, you look at the reclassification as tier one, you look at the suppression of the price while all of the world's markets are being bled dry. And what I take from that is that, look, it would be much easier for you, Chris, to write me a check for $50 million right now, and I could fill it with gold and silver eagles and maple leaves and buffaloes and within a few days have it filled and sent to you. I really could. I know enough people in this industry where I could do that on top of what I have. So to take $50 million worth of gold and silver off of the exchanges, not only are you getting 1,000 ounce bars of silver and 100 ounce bars of gold, but it is incredibly sophisticated. It is incredibly timely and difficult. It is far more difficult to drain the exchanges than it is just to buy up all the retail product you see across the globe. Right. So whoever is doing this is not just really wealthy, but they are wholly sophisticated also. And when you drain the exchanges, take it off of COMEX, you've lost all industrial liquidity, where if you see you know, 10 million ounces of silver delivered to an entity off of COMEX in 1,000-ounce bars, and Elon Musk says, I'll pay a $20 premium per ounce for anyone who will sell me silver right now, it's gone. You're off the exchange. To get it back in, re would be so timely and so expensive it wouldn't be worth it so again all of these things that you see are they independent of one another are they just coincidental or are all of these things happening in unison to where you can see the final outcome and that is the biggest money in the world is repositioning out of dollars into commodities they are doing this using the Western suppression of the paper markets to run cover for it before the ultimate event happens. And I don't know, I wish I hadn't become so jaded because, oh, you know, it's too, it, too it, late for that. It, <laughs> I know I really wish, but that's why I like talking to you because there, yeah. there are very few people out there who see the macro picture the way that, that you do. And that's why when I read that article a few years ago, Oh, two and a half years ago, however long ago it was, I had to call you and say, dude, this is exactly the way I see the world. And, and you know, uh, you were the it's, first, a, it's,
0: it's, you were the first, is it a curse
1: or a blessing? I don't know, man. You were
0: the first. All I know is I got invited to speak in Las Vegas in 2019 and I went on stage and I was panting and sweating and I was drunk and I yelled for a half hour and I never got invited to speak anywhere else after that. So you coming up well, to me and saying on my list, <laughs> You coming up to me and saying, Hey man, I think the exact same way. I'm like, oh man, finally you know, between you, Larry Lapard, George Gammon, a couple other people I've met along the way you know we we really we still are in the minority and i don't want to be in the majority i don't want to fucking like you know crow on and on about this stuff i do enough of it here on the podcast i, I just want to ask you one last question sure, um, buddy. as you start to talk about how the new global economic picture is going to take shape obviously you know look we know gold and silver bullion and i'm going to fuck your inbox up right here. Andy at miles, Franklin.com is your email address. Uh, again, without, go. without your permission, dropping your email on the middle of the podcast. That's um, all right. And so, now that you just got your shit cleared out from the last <laughs> podcast we did like, you know, five months ago or whatever. Um, and so people know how to get in touch with you. But the other thing I wanted to ask you was, um, what do you think about exchange traded products that people at home with a retail brokerage, um, can have access to, the like the pros and the cons, and you know you were talking before about the SLV and the GLD. Uh, but I would, I'd like your take on some of the other things that are exchange traded, whether it's like the miners or the minor ETFs, uh, and some of the other metals that are actually exchange traded. Uh, what sure. are your thoughts on those? So in terms
1: of ETFs, I would never, ever, ever, ever own GLD or SLV. I mean, you read the prospectus pages six through eight, or six through 10, TITLED RISK FACTORS, IF YOU REALLY READ IT SLOWLY AND THOROUGHLY, YOU WOULD SELL IT IMMEDIATELY AND YOU WOULD NEVER OWN IT BECAUSE the it, IT'S VERY EVIDENT THAT THE CUSTODIAN HAS TAKEN GREAT STEPS TO DISTANCE THEMSELVES FROM ALL LIABILITY. IN FACT, THEY EVEN SAY THINGS LIKE uh, that THE CUSTODIAN HAS THE RIGHT TO USE SUBCUSTODIANS BUT IS NOT RESPONSIBLE FOR THE HEIRS AND OR OMISSIONS OF SUBCUSTODIANS, DOES NOT RESERVE THE RIGHT TO VISIT THE PREMISES OF THE SUBCUSTODIANS WHERE THEY'RE STORING IT, AND IF INDEED, the bars that are being stored by the subcustodians are not London good delivery and status, then they are not responsible for that. So these are the kinds of things that really bother me. You can also naked short GLD and SLB. The, if I'm going to own anything in paper in terms of physical metal, it would be the Sprott uh, trusts. Right. Yeah. Um, I love the Sprott they are trusts. Co- yeah. And they're closed end versus an ETF. So basically what that means is, the ETF, if you sell GLD or SLV, you're taxed at a collectible rate of 28% capital gains. If you sell the Sprott ETF, it's not an ETF; it's a trust, a gold and silver trust. Closed end means you are eligible for regular capital gains rate. Uh, it also is not something that is uh, allowed. You can't short G, um, PSLV and PHYS. So, and Eric Sprott is, you know, he's the the most legendary name in all of Canada. For precious metals, and I know him personally. And uh, there are very few people that uh, are as honorable as he is or have as good of a reputation as he does in this industry. If I'm buying anything paper in terms of physical metal, it's PHYS and PSLV. Now, one other thing I'd like to clarify about that you are able to take possession of metal in those funds, but it's very impractical. You can, you have to take 10. 1000 ounce silver bars or one 400 ounce gold bar. You get a 400 ounce gold bar, you will never move it unless you put it in your car and drive it somewhere because there isn't a gold dealer in the country that has insurance <laughs> to ship through FedEx or UPS a million dollars or 900,000 worth of gold. Usually it's up to 200,000 or less per box. So, Brinks would deliver that to you. Anyway, so if we talk about miners yeah, I mean, I am a, a fan of doing your own due diligence. Personally, I think it's it's okay to do like um, uh, the the uh, what is it called the the, the junior? Uh, I'm trying to think of the name. What is the, the ETF for the miners? It's GDX um,
0: and the GDXJ.
1: GDX and GDXJ. That's it. Thank you. So look, You can do that, it's kind of a lazy approach. For me, I would do a little due diligence. I can tell you all right now, the ones that that I own, I mean, I I own First Majestic, Keith Newmeyer is a good buddy of mine. He is a businessman, he's not a a, uh, geologist. He understands everything, I like him a lot, I trust his product, I trust him. Um, I own um, Royal Gold, I own, um, my biggest holding is, I can never think of the damn name, uh, wait, just give me a second. I'll tell you my biggest holding in silver <laughs> is... My
0: biggest holding? Uh, uh, I can't yeah, I can uh, remember it, the it, name. <laughs> it's, well,
1: you know, it's it's funny because I don't. I just buy them and I forget about them. But I don't know. Agnico my... like Eagle?
0: No, Pan American?
1: Uh, Pan American is my Yay, biggest holding. First Majestic Pan American, Endeavor, and Wheaton are my silver oh, holdings. Wheaton, yeah. Yep, I like the royalty companies. And then I don't own as much in the way of gold. I do own a couple. And, um, you know, I think that if you're going to buy positioning in the mining shares, I would buy the majors and the, um, the royalty companies. And not too hard to find, but I like them better than the ETFs personally.
0: Beautiful. And of course, if people want to reach out to you directly, shoot Andy an email, Andy at milesfranklin.com. Andy, I just want to say thank you so much, man. I hope you continue crushing yeah, it on your uh, on your tour of Kitco and uh, all these other videos where you're just you're getting the attention that you finally deserve, which uh, I couldn't be happier for you. It's sad that it has to be because you're right about the crumbling of the Fiscal infrastructure of the United States, but
1: yeah, man, I got three kids. My youngest is 16 This is not something I take joy in right, but you know, it's uh, it's be that what it is It's it's something that uh, I don't know. I just feel the this urge kind of like you do to to call bullshit I guess and to and to Say what you believe and that there needs to be more people like you and me out there who have the courage to say in a very in a very um, in a way that's respectful you can you can be blunt and respectful at the, at the same time it's like the the people who think capitalism and good intentions have to be mutually exclusive right you know that's not the case you can still be a good person and call bullshit and see things the way that you do and uh that's that's what made this country great and uh, free speech and different opinions but the respecting of those opinions is something that also made this country great. And it's I, for one, it's, on, it's an honor to be here. And I know you talked about the circle jerk, but I, look, there are very few people out there that I uh, respect the way that I do you and get a kick out of and laugh when I read your shit. So it's an honor to be here, Chris. You never have to ask more than once. I'll always come back whenever you feel like talking again.
0: Thanks so much. President and CEO of Miles Franklin, Precious Metals, my dear friend, Andy Sheckman. Thank you, my friend, and we'll talk again soon. You've
1: got it, brother. Have a good weekend. All
0: right. That was the one, the only, Andy Sheckman, wonderful human being. Happy to have his time and, importantly, wanted to speak to him now with all the developments uh, with bricks going on. And so, all right, fools, I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Happy to bring you some content. Please make sure you check out my sponsors, Uh, my friends over at Masterworks. I do just want to add that uh, you should check out their disclosures, masterworks.com slash cd. And uh, when Masterworks presents the net return of an investment in a sold artwork, net return, or IRR, refers to the annualized internal rate of return net of all fees and expenses calculated from the offering closing date to the date the sale is consummated. IRR is not indicative of Masterworks paintings not yet sold, and past performance is not indicative of future results. For additional information regarding the calculation of IRR for a particular investment in artwork that has been sold, a reconciliation will be filed as an exhibit to Form 1-U and will be available on the SEC's website at www.sec.gov gov how about that shit ladies just call me the fucking micro machines man all right (laughs) that was not sped up that was the real deal all right fools i am out of here have a fucking fine weekend check out masterworks check out saying lucci check out george gammon check out andy at milesfranklin.com. show these people some love and show yourself some love because motherfuckers you've earned it all right i'm out of here peace